0: Hey friends. So there are certain customs that welcome complete strangers to engage with us. For example, sneezing. Some people feel compelled to say, God bless you. Why? Most people have no clue. Some people believe it started as a superstition to protect the sneezer from losing their soul. That by saying, God bless you, they may actually have saved the person's life. So were you trying to protect someone's soul the last time you engaged in this little custom, or was it an automatic learned response? I learned another automatic response from growing up in church. Whenever someone said, oh my God, my eyebrows went up and I felt compelled to say, don't use God's name in vain. I felt like I was condoning their sinful behavior if I didn't respond that way. And this also included changing the channel or turning the movie off if someone on the screen used the phrase. Why? Where did this custom start? Most Christians will say it's one of the Ten Commandments. But listen to what the actual commandment they are referring to says. You shall not take the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, so that's Yahweh, the personal name of Israel's God, the Lord, your God's name in vain. So really, unless the Lord, Yahweh, is your God, then when you say, oh my God, You're not breaking the commandment. Feel free the next time you're on the receiving end of the eyebrow lift to clarify that the Lord, Yahweh, isn't your God. If, however, Yahweh is the God you believe in, are people's eyebrow inflections validated? I believe wholeheartedly in Yahweh and love Him, and this podcast series is called OMG. For you 50-plusers, that stands for Oh My God. Have eyebrows gone up? Yes. Am I breaking God's commandment? The answer to that is found in the commandment. Listen to it again. You shall not take the Lord, your God's name, in vain. Why did God say take? What does that mean? Well, the word take literally means to carry or lift. So don't carry or lift the Lord, your God's name, in vain. What do you picture when you hear that? A protest or picket sign? Think more along the lines of Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I'm dating myself. But in the movie, they find the Ark of the Covenant, which was a fancy box that Yahweh gave Moses special instructions on how to build, carry, and where to place. It was sacred because it represented the presence of God. Have you ever heard someone say, don't put God in a box? Well, in a sense... God put himself in a box. Why? Because he wanted to camp or be near his people. In fact, while Moses and the people were on a 40-year camping trip, traveling around the wilderness in tents, Yahweh gave clear instructions on how to construct a tent for him. It was called the tabernacle or tent of meeting. Every time they stopped to set up camp, Yahweh's tent was supposed to be set up first and then everyone else's tent were supposed to be set up around his. Yahweh gave really clear directions on how to set up his tent, and it all started with placing the ark at the right spot. Then something else was set up around it. How did they know where the right spot was for the ark? Well, this part is actually pretty cool. Yahweh led his people all around the wilderness by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. The people didn't need a map or GPS, they simply followed the pillar. If the pillar was moving, so were they. When it stopped, so did they. The ark would be placed at the base of the pillar. Then the tabernacle, Yahweh's tent, was set up around it, and then everyone would get to work setting up their own tents, their assigned spots around the tabernacle. Can you imagine how fast they would have been at setting up and tearing down camp by the end of 40 years? When it comes to taking the Lord's name in vain, the people back then would have connected it to the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle, which represented the presence of God. They knew how sacred it was and that his presence was supposed to lead them and determine their path in life. I can just hear them sitting around a campfire in the wilderness. Guys, Next time the pillar moves, let's just refuse to follow. Really, Phil? Are you new? Let's review. Yahweh delivered us from Pharaoh, split a sea to make a way for us, feeds us with bread from heaven and water from rocks. Every nation around these parts has heard of him and fears him, and you want to peace out? Good luck with that. They may also have referred to someone who is proud and arrogant as trying to get people to set up camp around their tent. They understood better than we do Yahweh and why his presence was a big deal. Now fast forward more than 400 years and Yahweh's people are now living in the promised land. No more tents for them. Now they're living in permanent structures and they're settled in. David is king, the guy who killed the giant when he was a kid, and he loves Yahweh and can't wait to bring the Ark of the Covenant back home because it had been stolen, and he wants to bring it back the way he thought it should be carried. Out of respect, David had a brand new wooden cart or wagon built that would be pulled by two big oxen, but while the ark was being transported, the ox stumbled, and this man Uzzah put his hand out to steady the ark, and he immediately drops dead. It actually says The Lord was angry and he struck him down because of his error. Error? What error? The guy was just trying to help. David was crazy angry at God. But in reality, David could have avoided this. Yahweh described in detail to Moses how the ark was supposed to be transported. If he had spent time looking it up, he would have seen it written right there on the parchment. Part of the problem was... That because the tabernacle had been assigned a permanent location, the ark no longer had to be transported so no one alive had actually seen how to do it properly. And by this time, the owner's manual had been tucked away. It wasn't that David deliberately went against God's law. He probably just wasn't aware. Even though David wanted to do God's will, he didn't do it God's way and the result was tragic. We could talk a lot more about this story, but here's the point. God wants us to carry his name, his way. So back to my original question. Taking the Lord's name in vain has a lot more to do with the way I live my life and am willing to do God's will, his way, than it does with the use of a phrase. Is he at the center of everything I do? If he leads me somewhere I don't want to go, will I follow? If he lingers for a long time and asks me to wait, am I willing? Have I settled in and gotten too comfortable to change directions? Taking God's name in vain can be just as much about putting his name on something we're doing to get people's backing as it does with flippantly speaking a phrase. When I say oh, the Lord put on my heart, fill in the blank. Did he really speak to me, the thing that I'm communicating? Or am I looking to get man's approval by putting the Lord's name on it? These are questions I take really seriously. In my heart, friend, friends, is to stay in step with the Spirit of God. I don't want to run ahead or lag behind because the presence of God really is what I'm living for. Do I get it right 100% of the time? For sure not. Am I open to him revealing to me when I've gone astray? Yes. One of the greatest gifts of the Spirit of God is conviction. Not guilt or shame. Conviction. That helps to open my eyes and reveals to me when I've wandered off. And it helps to lead me back to the Lord. And experience the closest of his presence again. My prayer and mantra is your will, your way, Yahweh. So am I taking the Lord's name in vain by using the name OMG for this podcast? Thanks for listening.